Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, every single thing that I'm going to read from my Bible will be up on this screen, um, as well as if you need a Bible, we'd love to give you one at our info area in the lobby. Today, we're starting a brand new series that we're calling Fundamentals, and I'm really excited for this series because here's what I've discovered, that in every single area of life, You name an area of life, I believe this applies. Every area of life, success is found in the fundamentals. That success is found in the fundamentals. And it reminded me of a story that I researched for this series, and it was of John Wooden. And so I don't know if if many of you know John Wooden. He's a former uh, college basketball coach for UCLA, and he was like a legendary coach. He actually won 10 championships in 12 years, very good at what he did. And when I read about John Wooden, I was surprised to find out that at the start of every single season, at the first practice, the first thing that he would do is he would teach his players how to put on socks. Like you'd figure a national championship coach that won so many titles that he would know the ins and out of basketball, that he would know the plays and he would know this secret offense that nobody else knew, but he would start every single year, every single season by teaching his players the correct way to put on socks. And so when I studied, here's why. Because what he found is that his kind of thinking was that if they don't put on their socks the right way, they'll develop blisters. And if they get blisters, they can't practice. And if they can't practice, we won't get better. And if we don't get better, then we won't win games. So let's start by teaching them the fundamental of how to put on socks correctly. He actually said this, it all begins with the socks. It all begins with the socks. That success, it begins from the ground up. And in this series, we're going to go back to the fundamentals. We're going to go back to these amazing gifts that God has given us from the beginning that, by the way, we never outgrow and we never graduate from. And when I was thinking about 2020, when I was thinking about this year, and I was actually thinking about you, the greatest success that I could even imagine for your life in the next year is that you are closer to God in your relationship than ever before. In fact, my prayer for you this year is that you will experience a real, consistent, close relationship with God that gets better and better. In fact, here's what I pray for you, that your relationship with God right now, wherever it's at in February, that it's better. That then in June, when we check back up again, it's better than it was in February. And then by the end of the year, it's better than it was in the summer. That just your relationship with God, it just gets better and better. And I believe that a real, genuine, close relationship with God, it never goes in reverse. That it only gets better and better. And so my question is, how? How? And in this series, here's what we're going to discover. Here's kind of what the series is all about. That a better and better relationship with God is found in the fundamentals. A better and better relationship with God is found in these fundamentals, these these foundational fundamentals of the faith 
that God has given us. So today, if you're taking notes, we're going to kick off this series and we're going to talk about the fundamental of prayer. We're going to talk about prayer today. So prayer at its simplest form. So if you want to know the Middle Tennessee public school education theological definition of prayer, at its simplest form, prayer is just talking with God. That's it. It's that simple. It's just talking with God. It could be processing with God. It could be talking about different choices that you have to make. It could be rejoicing with God. It could be complaining to God, or it could be listening to God. See, God doesn't want prayer to just be a monologue. He wants prayer to be a dialogue. He wants it to be a two-way conversation where you're talking and he's talking. Bottom line, prayer is communication with God, and it is a proven fact. And I promise you, you've come to learn this about your life and your relationships, that every close, good relationship you have has as consistent communication. And so prayer at its simplest form is just talking with God. I was thinking about this and I was thinking about Heather and I's wedding day. That was 15 and a half years ago. Look at those amazing young people that are in love 15 and a half years ago. Uh, Doesn't that picture look so much older than 15 and a half years? I think I put a filter on it to make it look historic. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and so 15 and a half years ago, on May 22nd, 2004, I walked an aisle and I came face to face with my best friend with that incredibly strong pinky ring on. <laughs> Bring it back. Um, <laughs> and I looked her in the eye and I said, I do. I made a covenant, I made a promise, I made a commitment to love her till the day one of us dies. And um, could you imagine making that decision, making that intimate, lifelong commitment, and then I never, from that day on, I never talked to her. No conversations, no text messages, no FaceTimes, no direct messages, no email, No like old school snail mail, love letters, nothing. Just no communication whatsoever. My question is, do you think we'd be close? Absolutely not. And the truth is so many times we do the same thing with God. We make an intimate lifelong commitment. Maybe that's we raise a hand or we pray a prayer or we come to the front of a a room or we get baptized in water. We make this lifelong commitment this intimate moment, but then maybe we don't really talk to him. And then we get frustrated and we wonder why God feels so far away. And listen, here's the greatest news that I could say today is that God has given us a gift, a fundamental where we can talk with him and be close called prayer. And listen to what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says. I'm going to read three verses, starting in verse 16. It says, always be joyful. And then here's the verse that we're going to camp out today. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Never stop 
praying. See other translations, they say things like pray without ceasing. Maybe your Bible says pray continually. One version even says pray all the time. And when I read a verse like that, here's the question that I have. Like, what does that mean? Like it says pray all the time. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean in like our lives in 2020? What does it look like for us to have a life like that? Does that mean that I literally have to never stop praying? That when I wake up in the morning, I've got to pray. And then in the middle of the day, and then like I'm praying all the time, morning, noon, and night that I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't have fun, I can't have a career, I can't hang out with friends or family, I can't go on dates anymore, I can't have, I can't have manis and petties no more, that I can't watch the NFL playoff games today. Like I just have to pray. Just pray all the time. Is that what that means? If you study the original Greek, here's what's crazy. And I love this, that when you see that in the original language, it means, get this, that the lines of communication between you and God are always open. That's what that means. That the lines of communication between you and God are always open. It literally means to bring God into every single situation. So it's saying, God, I'm gonna bring you into my marriage. I'm gonna bring you into my family and how I raise my kids. I'm gonna bring you into my job and my career and how I treat people. I'm gonna bring it into my finances and my schedule and what I do on the weekends and what I don't do. I'm, I'm gonna bring you into what I post on social media. I'm gonna bring you into how I respond to the people that are driving me absolutely crazy. And I'm gonna bring you in to every single area of my life. In other words, God is calling us in this verse to live a lifestyle of prayer where we are constantly connecting and communicating with God. I love this quote from a guy named Smith Wigglesworth. that He says, I never pray more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. And I love that because I think it beautifully artic articulates the heart of this passage that says, you just want to be connected. I want to be connected to God. It just doesn't have to be this formal thing that happens every now and then, that it can be this lifestyle, this connection and communication with God. So my question is today, how in the world do I have a lifestyle that looks like that? What does that look like? So let me give you three things today that will help you have a lifestyle of prayer. The first is this, the priority of prayer. Let me explain that. Because for prayer to really be a, like this lifestyle, prayer has to become a priority. Listen to what Colossians chapter four, verse two says. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. I love that, that nobody else will devote you. But you're like, you've got to devote yourself. You've got to devote yourself to prayer. Romans 12, verse 12 says, Rejoice in our confident home, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Like, make it a priority. Keep on praying. And I think that that's so important. So how do you make prayer a priority? Now, the best way that I can pastorally teach you this in just a few moments, the best thing that helped me is when my pastor taught me these two words, pray first. The greatest way that I know how to make prayer a priority in my life is this idea of pray first, that before anything, 
before everything that we pray and we invite God into whatever we are doing. That before our day gets going, we pray first. That we circle our family up before we all go out for the day and we all spread out before we go to take the kids to school. Hey, let's circle up and God, we invite you into this, into our day. Help us be with us. And then we go. You know, maybe it is, it is before, you know, before you go into that big meeting and you're gonna say, God, okay, wait, before we go into this meeting, I just need to pray. I just need to invite God into that moment and in that. So God, before we go into this meeting, God, would you just be with me? Would you help me? Would you give me wisdom? Would you give me discernment? God, would you give me peace? Would you give me a clear next step? And God, would you, really, the deep in my heart, will you help me make a truckload of money in Jesus' name? Amen, you know? <laughs> just pray first. Pray first before replying to that text, before replying on social media, pray first. That before you go out on that big date, come on single people, before you go on a date, pray first, invite God into that. Before you discipline your kids, pray first. Before you make the big purchase, pray first. Before anything, just pray first. And here's the principle. Here's kind of the big idea. Here's the principle. Here's why. The why behind pray first is that prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. That's, that's the whole idea behind this, is that I'm not just going to act first and then, oh my goodness, everything's going bad, and so I'm going to pray and then I'm going to sh like shoot up this flare saying, God, please help me after the fact. No, like before that, we're going to pray. That we're not going to just have this, oh my goodness, I'm going to act first and then afterwards, you know, my life is a dumpster fire, 911, God, would you help me prayer life? That that's not what it is. No, we're going to make it a priority by making it our first response and not our last resort. And by the way, this is why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is why it's such a big deal, which it starts today. And it's actually one of my favorite seasons that we do as a church. It's the first thing we ever did as a church. That two years ago, when we moved to this city, the very first thing that we did was 21 days of prayer and fasting. That way before we launched our church, we started praying. And why did we do that? Because of this principle of pray first. Because it wasn't just then when we didn't know anybody and the church didn't exist that we desperately needed God and we wanted to invite him everything. From then until today, 70 weeks into our church, I'm telling you, we need God. That we spent time before we even started this service in a room over there with a team of people on my knees praying, inviting God into doing this. Why? Because we're desperate for God. We're dependent upon God. And, that, and, and honestly, we are just as much today as when we started. And listen, that's not just for church services, it's for our lives, it's for our families. I need God in my marriage. I need God with how to raise two boys. I need God of how to figure out how to live in today's society and still live for God. Like there is this moment where we gotta say, God, we need you in every single area of our life. And so that's why I wanna invite you all to participate in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And you can find a lot of information on our website and you can see that website there. But here's one of the big things that we're gonna do over the next 21 days. Over the next 21 days, as a church, every day, we're going to get together and join together for a special prayer service. 
And let me give you that schedule because it changes depending on the day. So Monday through Friday, we will be doing a prayer service every day from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. That is right, everybody. You heard me. 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. God is up. (laughs) And we will be too. And I promise you we'll start on time and we'll always end on time. Sometimes early because we know that sometimes there's a commute. And so before our day, we're going to spend time praying and seeking God Monday through Friday. And we do that at a spot downtown called The Warehouse. It's at 1455 Dalton Avenue. And you can find that information on our website. You can find that address, everything. And then social media, we'll post it all today so that you can get all the different information. But on Monday through Friday, we're going to pray together. And then on Saturday, and by the way, on Saturday, we, we sleep in a little bit and go 9 to 10. But we do this every single week. And maybe you know that, maybe you don't. And I also want you to know that you're always invited to that. That this is like, we would love for you to come. And we do that every single week because we pray first before we go into Sunday. But this is part of 21 days of prayer and fasting as well. And then on Sunday, now you just come to church and you can really sleep in if this is your service. And then, and then we can, um, we'll pray here. And so that's our schedule for the next 21 days. And let me just tell you the simple goal of 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's not necessarily to have this certain thing answered. It's not to impress God with what we lay down and how much time we spend with him. Here it is. Here's our goal. Our number, our, this is our only goal, to get as close to God as we can. That's it. Is we're just trying to position ourselves at the start of this year to give God, and I'm telling you, it's the best decision that you can make at the start of this year, is to give God your first. It's to say, God, I'm going all in with you, and I'm gonna spend some time, some intentional time connecting with you and praying with you and spending time with you because all close relationships has that, has communication and quality time. And so we're gonna do that. We're gonna spend time together. And it's not just prayer. It's also prayer and fasting. And we have a lot of fasting resources that are on our website as well. You can go check that out. And there's all different types of fasts that you can do. Yes, there is food fast, but you can do media fast. I'm actually fasting social media, so I'm off the next three weeks. So you got to hang out with me in real life. Um, And so, you know, media fast, there's partial fast. And here's the deal with that. Sometimes you may be overwhelmed with that. What do I do? What's right? What's not right? Here's what we encourage you to do with fasting, just like we basically do with everything. Pray, ask God, and do whatever he tells you to do. And so I just want to encourage you to pray and fast. And here's why. Here's why we combine prayer and fasting. Because prayer, here's what prayer does. It connects us to God. And then fasting, it disconnects us from the world. So prayer, that's why we combine the two. Because prayer, it connects us to God in a very special way. But then fasting, it disconnects us from the world. And I want to just give you a little picture of of what this kind of can look like. Because how many of you know that we live in a very loud world? It's just often there's so much noise that goes on where it can often really feel like this. It can feel like, you know, the alarm goes off every day. And as soon as the alarm goes off, you feel good. You're like, yes, this is great. This is going to be a good day. I'm going to tackle the day. And then all of a sudden your mind starts getting flooded with all the different decisions that you got to make. And you got to check the weather and so you can pick out the right outfit. And then you got to realize, oh no, I got to get the kids ready for bed. 
not for bed, but for school. And then we get the kids up and it's kind of chaotic. You got to get them dressed and then you got to make sure they're fed and then you got to get in the car and head on to school or head on to your job. And then there's inevitably going to be morning traffic and there's going to be construction that you hit. And then, you know, because of that, you're going to have to just check out from time to time and check social media and see what everybody else is doing. Then you're going to go and you're going to get to work. Then you're going to deal with dramatic co-workers and a harsh boss and there's so much stress and pressure and noise and then you got to somehow figure out time to find the gym and to eat right and to make good choices and then you got to make sure that you hang out with people and somehow have a social life and then you got to check social media again to see what's going on and it just seems like the world gets louder and louder and louder and this is what our lives feel like it feels like this but listen 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 we have to learn how to turn down the noise. We've got to learn how to turn down the noise. Because here, here's, the, here's the truth. Here's what God's Word says. That God, He speaks to us in a still, small voice. Let me put that in another way. He speaks to us in a whisper. And how many of you know that if that is what our life looks like, it's hard to hear a whisper. Because for you to hear a whisper, you really need two things. You need quiet and you need proximity. So let me tell you, here's what 21 days of prayer and fasting is designed to do, is to turn down the volume of the world to get as close to God as we possibly can so that we can hear his voice. That's why there is a priority of prayer. Here's the second, is the plan of prayer. It's the plan of prayer. For you to develop a lifestyle of prayer, you need to have a plan for prayer. And I believe in this principle that when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I believe that with all my heart. So what's your plan for prayer? Let me get super practical just for a moment because I think this will help you. This really helped me um, because here, here's, the, here's a few things that I encourage you to do. One, set aside a specific time or set aside specific times during the day. Maybe have reminders in your phone. I'm a big believer in scheduling your priorities. So whatever is most important to you, it should go on your calendar first, not last not fill up all your calendar with everything else and then you fit your family in and then you fit time with God in. No, like if you go to my calendar right now, you'll see that I have my time with God in because I, mean, I set aside specific time to spend with God. And I encourage you, put prayer, put time with God in your calendar and then keep it. And if somebody asks you, hey, can you meet during this time? No, I'm sorry, I've got an appointment. I love what in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says that Daniel, as an example, listen to what he did. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done. That was like part of his rhythm. He set aside specific time to pray. And here's the second thing, set aside a specific place. I found that there's something special about having a place where you intentionally meet with God. That may be a certain room. It could be a desk or a, a specific chair, maybe a closet, a kitchen table, a coffee shop, or maybe it can just be in your car on the way to work. Like, God, I'm going to give you that, that five-minute commute, and I'm just going to talk to you and just spend some time with you. And the Bible says that Jesus, 
He prayed in certain places. Listen to what Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says very early in the morning. So he set aside a specific time. While it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And maybe you're sitting there saying, like, listen, I get that, but I thought you said it was like a lifestyle of prayer. Shouldn't it be like all the time? Like, what, is that, what does that look like? Is that kind of conflicting things? Listen, it's like my relationship with Heather. Like the lines of communication are always open. But for us to have the type of marriage that we need to have, we set aside specific time at a specific place for us to intentionally connect. Now the lines of communication are always open, but it's important to set aside some time and specific places to be able to relationally connect. So set aside specific time, a specific place, and then third, set aside a specific pattern. And so maybe you're here and deep down, you've all, maybe you struggle with prayer. I've been there. In fact, that's been one of the, like kind of these fundamentals that we're gonna talk about. This is one that for me has been the hardest at times. Because for me, I think I naturally drift towards like reading my Bible and spending time and letting God speak to me because naturally, relationally, that's what I do. Like if you've ever hung out with me, most of the time I just ask questions and let people talk all the time. Because I just, that's just kind of how God wired me. And so prayer and me, and me talking a lot, like that just, it, it, I've kind of struggled with prayer. Maybe you struggle because it's like I'm praying to somebody that's not really there and it's hard for me to stay focused. And maybe it's like you have ADD and like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Okay, you know, and so it's like I find myself praying and then like 30 seconds later I'm distracted and thinking about what's on Netflix and all these different things that I have going on in my life and what's going on later today. And I just... Maybe you struggle with prayer. This is the biggest thing that's helped me is discovering that there are patterns of prayer. Things that kind of give us specific like, like patterns or, or, or a way to, to be able to say, let's pray like this. And all throughout the Bible, God has provided patterns of prayer. And so let me show you one example. Jesus says this in, in Luke chapter 11, verse one. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. There he is praying in a certain place again. It says, when he was finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And here's what I find so interesting. They all knew how to pray. If you study, they were all Jewish boys that were growing up learning and they were literally taught prayers that they should be praying. And so when they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, they weren't saying like, I don't know how to pray. They were saying, I don't know how to pray like that. So will you teach me how to pray like you just prayed? Because all the things I've been taught, that wasn't that. And so teach me how to do that. And so Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, verse two, when you pray, say, and then he goes in and he says what for many of us know as the Lord's prayer. And here's kind of like a fun fact about the Lord's prayer is that the Lord's prayer wasn't necessarily designed for you to pray verbatim. And this is the only way that you pray. Now, it's okay if you pray that prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. God still is like, okay, cool. That's awesome. I'll take that. But it's more designed to be a pattern or an outline for prayer. And all throughout the Bible, you can find these outlines and patterns for prayer. And so we've actually created a resource that we call a prayer guide. And if you go online, you can download this prayer guide. You can go to queencitypeople.com slash prayer, and you can actually download this and have it with you. Or you can show up at any of our prayer services, whether that's at Saturday prayer or for the next 21 days, we're going to have physical copies that you can take. I carry one of these with me all the time 
because it's so helpful for me when I spend time with God and it helps me stay focused and not distracted and I get to grab and we put in here all these different patterns of prayer that are in the Bible that you can use as an outline. And here's what I found. When I started using resources like this, when prayer only ended up being like three minutes and then I was like getting so ADD, it ended up being where it's like, could I just have 10 more minutes? Because I'm not, I'm not done. I wanna spend more time in this moment. And so I just wanna encourage you. Again, I wanna invite you. I think the best way you can put this into practice is over the next 21 days. Try it. I'm asking you, go all in. Set aside a specific time. I recommend 6.30 to 7.30, Monday through Friday, and then nine to 10 on Saturday. <laughs> Set aside a specific place. You can make that your home, or you can come hang out with us at 1455 Dalton Avenue. I recommend that. And if you do, you can get one of these, and we can teach you specific patterns of prayer. And what used to be hard can turn into one of the greatest joys of your life. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. So how do you develop a lifestyle of prayer? You've got to have the priority of prayer. You've got to pray first, the plan of prayer. And then third, you have to realize that there is what I call the privilege of prayer. The privilege of prayer. For you to develop this lifestyle of prayer. Prayer, it needs to become a privilege. Where it goes from being a burden to being a blessing. From being a duty that you have to do to becoming a delight that you get to do. And if you think about it, I'm just talking about like Check this out. Like, really think about this. God, the creator of the world. Think about this. He created a way for us to talk to him. And he cares enough about you to create a fundamental that's been from page one of this Holy Bible for you to talk to him. That he's created a way for us to have relationship with him. For us, that we get to have conversations with God. That's a privilege. And I think sometimes, I know I'm prone to forget that. And to become entitled to what God has so freely given. And it reminds me of this story in Luke chapter 10 we're starting in verse 38. It says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet. That's what Mary was doing. Just spending time with Jesus, listening to what he taught. But Martha, on the other hand, was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. Listen to Jesus's response. In the next verse, he says, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these many distractions, are they really that important? Mary has discovered 
the one thing most important, and we'll come back to that, by choosing to just spend time on me, by choosing to sit at my feet, she is undistracted. And I won't take this privilege. See, it's not only a privilege for Mary, it's a privilege for Jesus. This privilege from her. Jesus is saying, but never forget that prayer, spending time with me is a privilege. Being close to me is a privilege. And the truth is, a lot of times my life can look a whole lot more like Martha than it does Mary. I don't know if that, re- if that resonates with you, but so many times my life can look way more like Martha than it does Mary, where I get caught up so much in activity for Jesus that I don't have intimacy with Jesus. That when it's all about what I can do for Jesus instead of just being with Jesus. And Jesus, in such grace, he tells Martha, like you're missing the one thing that is most important. And he's saying, you're missing the fact that God, he wants a close relationship with you. Don't miss that. Don't miss that there's a privilege out there. This one thing that's most important where God wants a relationship with you. And here's the most crazy thing about this to me is that not only does he want that, he provides a way for it to happen. And he does that because he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And he wanted a relationship with you so bad that he sent his only son, Jesus, to pay for every single one of your sins in the past, in the present, and in the future. And he did that, get this, just for the chance to have a relationship with you. He did that so he could have a relationship with you. Because of Jesus, we now have direct access to God, that you can talk directly with him. Because of Jesus, the lines of communication to God are wide open. Because of Jesus, you can have a real, consistent, close relationship with God. And listen, church, that is a privilege. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and We do this every week, but I think it's very important today at the very first Sunday of 2020. Will you just, right there, before we move on, will you just ask God, God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me today? Maybe ask him, what does my response need to be? See, we don't wanna play church today. We believe that our Sunday should always affect our Mondays. So ask God right now, what does my response need to be? So maybe your response is very practical. Maybe it has to do with prayer. Maybe it's, I need to find a specific times. I need to schedule that. I need to have a specific place. I need to, I need to figure out some of these patterns of prayer. Maybe it's to go all in with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Maybe it's joining us as many times as you can at these prayer services. But maybe your response has to do with that point number three that there's a privilege to this whole thing. That maybe you're missing out on the relationship with God. And maybe you're here and you find yourself at church today and maybe you've never made the decision to give your life to God. Maybe you have in the past, but you've went off and you've done your own thing. And today you find yourself at church and you are far from God. And maybe your response today is to give Him your life. We call that the best decision of your life. 
And so maybe you're here and that's what you need to do. And you know, you need to start or restart a relationship with God. And we're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward. We're not gonna embarrass you in any way. It's not about, it's not about joining a church. It's about, I wanna start or restart my relationship with God. I gotta get right with God. To me, there's no better way to start the new year than saying, God, I give you my life. And so if you're here and you know that's the decision that God is speaking directly to you, and you know today is your day, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to take a step of faith. And all that's gonna look like with every eye closed and every head bowed is to raise your hand and say, today I raise my hand as an act of surrender to say, God, I wanna give you my life. And if that's you, I wanna lead you in a simple prayer. And so if you wanna be included in that prayer, and that's the decision you need to make, on the count of three, just put your hand in the air. One, two, three. If that's you, just raise it up and say, that's me. I wanna make a commitment. That's great. That's awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. That's great. That's great. Very proud of you. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you so much. And I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come and live inside me? Will you change me? I can't change myself. I've tried. It doesn't work. But I believe today that you can change me. And more than change me, just make me a better version of who I am. Will you just make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. Everything. I give you everything today. And today I choose to follow you. And God, I also pray for all of us. God, would you help us grow in prayer? Will you help our church grow in prayer in this next season? Today, I boldly pray for a revival of prayer in our church and in our individual lives. The truth is, God, we can't do what you're calling us to do without you. And so we need you. We need you in our church. We need you in our lives. We need you in our families. We need you in our marriages. We need you in our world. We need you in our, in our jobs. We need you in every single area of our life. And so God, we dedicate the next 21 days to you. And we go all in, in the ways that you're calling us to go all in. And we lay down our plans and our agendas. And God, here's all we want. Our simple goal is just to get as close as we can to you, to turn down the volume of the world so that we can hear your voice clearly. And God, I pray that that happens over the next 21 days. God, I pray that you open up our ears to hear you like never before. And God, that we lean in to all that you have for us, not just for 21 days, not just for this year, but for the rest of our lives. God, we love you and we thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey church, listen, there was about six, seven people that just raised their hand and made the best decision of their life. Come on, can we clap our hands and celebrate with the angels in heaven that are going nuts? We're so proud of you. We're so proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com. 